Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Think about like the right person for you. The right person for you would never do that to you. They would want you to come to that realization yourself. This is On the Fence with Monica Oxsamen. Welcome back to On the Fence. Today we have a very special guest. We have Case Kenny, author, mindfulness pro, and relationship expert, as I'm learning. In quotes. In quotes. How are you? Great. How are you? Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Of course. I mean, my podcast kind of is, my dating life is so very interesting. I have, I'm going to be doing episode three of dating horror stories. I think I just find the most interesting men to date and I attract all of them. So that's great content. (laughs) I figured it'd be great to have you on to explain the mindset of a guy and different aspects. Yeah, that's what I have to offer. (laughs) I'm a guy, I have mindsets, people seem to enjoy it. So I can hopefully be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you do it a great way too of like you simplify things because I think in dating, we all seem to complicate things and try to analyze all these different things when, I mean, obviously not always, but I think usually it's a lot simpler than we really realize. I think so. I think we way overcomplicate things. I think we borrow other people's opinions and then we use them as our own, but they're not our own. And then we just like, we devolve into massive overthinking. And I'm like, I'm a super simple guy. I mean, you said mindfulness, bro, whatever you said, that's like, that's what I call myself. I call myself a dude, bro guy because I'm literally just the guy. I'm not an expert by any means. And I always joke when people refer to me as a relationship expert or mindfulness expert or anything expert related, because I'm not. Um, And I think most people are not. Like, I think there's very few true experts in the world. Most people are just people figuring things out. And one of the things that I figured out is how to simplify things because it just works for me. Like I'm too easily distracted. I just need simple, you know, stress-free, low pressure uh, on myself. And I've like figured out a good way to do that in like all areas of life particularly dating, but just in general. So yeah, I mean, that's my MO. Like, otherwise, I've just like, it's always been like stressed out and overthinking things. And I feel like mindfulness, all mindfulness is, is self-awareness. When you apply mindfulness to dating, things are just easier, calmer, there's less stress, less pressure. And it's just like makes me happier to like live and date as opposed to like living in this frenzy of, of overthinking. So yeah, I'm just really passionate about that, that idea. Yeah. And that, I mean, that translates as well into sports, same thing of speaking to a sports psychologist. Again, you're overanalyzing everything and especially with fencing. I mean, it is all trying to guess what the other person's doing it, but if you overcomplicate it, you're never going to understand what they're doing. Cause I mean, you're going to be looking at like their shoulder movements, their arm movements, their feet movements, but when you just simplify it as much as you can, it's just so much less stressful. Yeah, I I can imagine. I mean, I I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's lots of different areas of life where less overthinking is like the the catalyst you need to be successful. And I think like dating certainly is that because I find, you know, no one, no one knows how to date. I I always think it's like dating is inherently going to be super complicated. You think about it, you have two people, two very unique people, two people with very unique past, two people with very unique mindsets and intentions, and you're throwing all these variables together and you're expecting for like easy breezy, like super, you know, linear type movement. And like, that's never to be expected. So like, I don't know, one of the main things that I talk a lot about in like dating is like, it's very rare that like any dating circumstance is like perfect, or like any person is perfect, or any person is like perfectly aligned with what you're looking for. And I think a lot of times we kind of do a disservice to ourselves by expecting perfect. And when it's not perfect, we think that stuff's wrong. And then we start freaking out and start overthinking when the reality is like no one's love, no one's dating story 
story is perfect, but we, for some reason, we assume that everyone else's is and ours is not. And that's how we start like devolving into this thinking. So I think like the, the foundation of anything mindfulness related when it comes to dating is understanding that it's not going to be perfect. And that when you start to encounter that imperfection, it's not a moment to run for the hills. And it's not a moment to start blaming yourself and thinking something's wrong. It's like this, this is life. You have two unique people, two unique circumstances. You got all these variables coming together and yeah, it's going to be a little complicated and yeah, you're going to have to decide what is worth weathering and what is not, but like trouble, you know, frustration, like friction when it comes to dating, like that is no indication of like your ability to find someone or to like be happy while you date. So I think that's like a really important starting point. So like, there's no blame self. You don't blame the other person. You don't blame the economy, like whatever you're trying to blame, like take a step back and realize that the context within which you're dating, like it's going to be complicated inherently. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, always looking at different relationships, you're like, oh, this couple is perfect. Like they never fight. Everything's going well. Like in my relationship, we're starting to fight or, oh man, like I don't feel the same way. And it's like, I mean, there's always going to be ups and downs and it's not, and people always just try to look at that and overanalyze exactly what you're saying. So yeah, agreed. Was, it's better to make it easier. Case in point, I was watching this. I watch a lot of YouTube videos, like like the randomest videos. But anyway, I watch a lot of vloggers and there's one vlogger who's a New York City uh, realtor and he lives with his girlfriend in New York and like all is it Eric vlog. yeah I know Eric you do okay yeah. well I don't, I don't know him at all but I That's was watching so funny him. he released a vlog the other day and in like two seconds he was like oh by the way my girlfriend and I split up and I remember watching his old vlogs and I'm like oh they're like they're the perfect couple like they're amazing like this is they like, just moved in together that's crazy yeah I know I watched that video I was like man I was like I started to doubt myself and I'm the mindfulness guy I was like man like like they're perfect like that's amazing but then he released this video like yesterday and that's what he said in it uh, it could have been some kind of clickbait but anyway that's what he said and I was just like man that just goes to show you you know you could you could have you could from the lens of looking at someone else you could think that they're perfect and the reality is no one's perfect uh, doesn't mean anyone's at fault it just means there's always going to be struggle there but I remember I saw that uh this morning actually I was drinking coffee watching I was like whoa <laughs> like, like maybe like stop for a second but yeah it's that's true. crazy I'm gonna yeah. have to go check on that I'm gonna there go talk go. to him yeah yeah Wow. Yeah, get, this the, is, get the scoop. The, wor the world is so small. Because all the comments were like, what? Like he, he he referenced it for a second and then like didn't come back to it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's a small world. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's from Jersey. Seems like a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, going through all your episodes, it's so difficult to even choose what to talk about because I can talk about all the things you talk about because they're all relevant in dating. I do. I do talk a lot. <laughs> but it's all good stuff. Like I said, there's so many episodes that I send to my friends. I'm like, you need to be hearing this because I think this is super important. I think one that definitely resonates with me the most is your one about fuckboys because like I said, I've dated a lot of wonderful human beings, <laughs> two of which were narcissists. And I mean, they play into the whole F boy like perfectly because they're so good at gaslighting and acting certain ways to reel you in and keep you into it all and breadcrumbing and all that stuff. So I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've done two episodes like specifically on this phenomenon of, of fuckboys. Yeah, and my approach is like is twofold. It's one, it's recognizing kind of like the tactics that these people mostly men, of course, it could be women, but it's mostly men employ. And then two, like what I think the mindset should be to kind of like salvage yourself, because it's very easy to like get beat up by them um, emotionally, and then start to blame yourself. And then it just becomes this, this really toxic, uh, emotional cycle for yourself. So I think the first one is the episode, the first episode I did is just understanding that fuckboys, they, they, they prey on this idea of potential, 
right? Because everyone yeah. wants potential and they feed into that. They, they want you to believe that there's a potential together and there's a potential in the future and there's a potential for growth and there's a potential for commitment and all those things that people inherently want. Um, and that's, that's what they feed into. And you can call that anything you want. You can call that, you know, emotionally manipulative. You can call it literally anything, but you know, they're, they're very good at that. And it's serving a means for them because it's getting whatever they want, whether that's for you to sleep with them, whether that's for you to pay attention to them, to validate them, whatever it is. So that's, that's like thing number one. So I think it's important to understand that that like, that's what they're playing into. And I think it's important that when you're dating, you stay very focused on the present, not just the potential of the future. Obviously, it's important to understand where you're heading together. But the question to always ask yourself is, is if nothing were to change today, is that good enough for you? Right? Not like, you know, I think I find a lot of people are very focused on like, oh, man, you know, things are going to be great. And you know, a couple months when things settle down at work, things are going to be great when you know, he's this way, or he's over that or like his ex is out of the picture or like, whatever it is, like very focused on the future, which of course, it's important. But I think we people miss out on the most important part, which is the present you date in the present you date someone's present version of themselves, you don't date their future version, you don't date, you know, 2.0, you're dating 1.0. So I think that's important. The second thing that I, I talk a lot about is, you know, kind of rebranding what a fuckboy is. And I did an episode on this the other day, I said, you know, fuckboys are really just sad boys, which is just a way of kind of like flipping the script and not feeling sad for yourself, but feeling sad for them. Because inherently, like, a fuckboy knows what they're doing. I think there there is a a subbreed of fuckboys who are just so very much so narcissist and very much so in their head that they might not realize what they're doing. And that's a special breed. I think that's few and far between. I think most fuckboys, they, they know what they're doing. They know that they're not being, they're being disingenuous. They know that their intentions are not true. And they know that they're doing things to feed into potential. And they know that. And frankly, that just makes them a sad person. Like it takes a special kind of person to do something like that. That's emotionally manipulative. That's buying into the lowest common denominator that people want, which is connection and potential and compatibility and communication and, you know, intent. And they're feeding into that and they're, and it's not true to them. And that just makes them sad. Like that just makes them a sad person. And I like, that might not be help, that helpful to some people, but like, I find it, I would, I find it more freeing to feel sorry for someone than to have them anger me and make me feel sorry about myself. I'm not. Oh being, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, you're a sad person for doing that anyway. So like, that's kind of my, my take on it seems to be helpful for, for most people just to like kind of spot the red flags, which is kind of that like future focus. And also like, I mean, the number one thing that I've found when people DM me and talk about their fuckboy experiences, this idea of love bombing, which is yep. just over the top, you know, trying to trying to validate you and buy you into that idea of potential. So I mean, there's all, all kinds of things that you could spot. But I think for the most part, like those are kind of the biggest things. And it comes in all shapes and sizes and varieties and flavors. It's not always easy. But I think having that as context can be helpful. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think be, being able to spot them and knowing like the, the things that they do also is helpful. Like I was talking to somebody that was dating a fuck boy. Actually, it's a whole complicated story. He was DMing me and then turns out he was dating her the entire time. And he was actually DMing hundreds of other women while with this girl. Anyway, so like I kind of was talking her through it. And a lot of things of what you said in your episode actually really helped. And I was like, listen, I mean, you shouldn't like I get your hurt, but you should literally feel sad for him. And like, because it's he's in a 
shitty place to be doing this. And he keeps doing this to so many different women. And it's like the fear of rejection to have all these other people on hold because, oh, if this one person is no longer interested, I have these other people to fill in that hole and I never have to be alone. And all these women want me and I feel so good about myself. But he was love bombing her like within, I think a week of meeting her, he's like, let me put a baby in you. Like, let's get (laughs) married. It was crazy. And like the situation I had with a narcissist, same thing if he was like, well, when we build our house, like what kind of uh, windows do you want? Like what all this different stuff and like, and you fall into this trap because you're like, oh my God, I'm meeting my soulmate. And like, I'm finally into this person that's equally into me as they, as I am to them. And like, oh my God, I this can have this great life. And you fall into that trap. So being able to spot it, I think can help a lot of people. Yeah. That's just crazy to me. I mean, you think about like, you think about the right person for you. I mean, because when a fuckboy does that love bombing or any, anyone who does love bombing, they're trying to coerce a response from you. Right. They're appealing yeah. to the lowest common denominator and they're 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 buying a response from you. They're pressuring you into a response. And you think about like the right person for you, the right person for you would never do that to you. They would want you to come to that realization yourself. It's like in the breakup. She's like, I want you to want to do the dishes, right? You shouldn't be pressured right. into doing the dishes. You should want to do it. Exactly. It's the same idea. Like the right person for you isn't going to want to coerce a response from you. They're going to want you to return it unequivocally and naturally. So I don't know, like, to me, it's like, super obvious. I just, I can't imagine a scenario where I would meet someone. And I'm all for like, you know, falling in love at first sight. And like, I think that's great. But I would, I maybe I'm a little more closed off than I should be. But I would never be that guy to ever start like doing things like that. Because I know it's disingenuous. And I know it's like pressuring a response. I mean, that's like psychology 101. Like, yeah. you're literally just you're emotionally setting up a expectation for them. So I don't know, I think, yeah, I think that is like a really that's like the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to recognizing a red flag when it comes to like these types of people. Yeah, I agree. And I think also even like the way the dating world has changed, I think it's opened doors for that because I mean, it seems like most people aren't trying to get into serious relationships. They just like hang out and ones like feelings start happening. They start running in the opposite direction. So like now when you do have a guy, it's like, no, I want to marry. You're like, oh, my God, finally, I'm meeting a real human being. But it's the complete opposite. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I think it's a, definitely a weird time to be dating. I think more so than than ever. I don't know. I like I have a lot of conversations with people, a lot of women who are like, you know, we've gone on a couple of dates, like I'm not sure like what his intent is. I don't I don't really know where his head's at. And my my response is always, well, like, have you asked him? And their response to me is usually, well, like, that's going to make me seem like I'm crazy. Like, we're right. date trying to define the relationship. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Absolutely. If you worded it like that, you're going to be seem crazy. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know why there's this aversion to like date one being like, hey, what's up? So like, what are you like? What are you doing? What are you looking for? Like, what's your vibe? Like, I think it like I like I don't date a whole lot um, right now. I'm just kind of taking a break. But like when I was like actively like going on dates, that was always my first question. Whenever I met her, I'd be like, hey, so what's going on? Like, what's like, what are you looking for? Or, like, you just having fun? Like, I think you could ask that in a super casual way. And yeah, not everyone's going to be honest and they can have a, a big dancer. But I like I don't understand why there's such an aversion to like asking direct questions like that, um, because, you know, as a foundation, it's helpful to have something to go on. You know, if you have nothing, that's where you start running right. wild. Like, I, I don't see how it's hurtful at all to ask that question. And if they freak out at that, then then you have your answer immediately. and <laughs> You can move on in peace. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a really cliche advice to be like, you know, communication and whatever. But I, I think you could pull it off in, in this day and age where there's everyone has so many options, but it's always a relevant question. Like, what are you doing? 
It's your mindset. What are you looking for? Like, and it's not a bad answer. If someone asks that and they're like, I'm just fucking around. I'm like, okay, right on. Like, at least you're being honest and that's your intention. It doesn't make you a bad person. I always think it's weird when I talk a lot about um, like why, like you have to know you're dating. Why? Like, why are you dating? Like, it's not enough of a why just to be like, I don't want to be alone. So I talk a lot about that. But like one of the things that I I talk about as well, it's like your why could be I want to find a husband, a wife, your why can be I just want to screw around. And either way, like there's no, you know, ill will against you as long as you're honest, as long as you have an intention and you're acting on it. The problem that everyone has in dating, the problem that that causes so many issues and friction is when there's no intention and you're just doing things and you don't know why you're doing them. That's where that's where the issues happen. So I just think there's yeah, I agree. So much clarity that comes from just stating it, asking it or coming up with your own. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think it's in terms of like, why I, f- I catch myself being like, why don't, why don't I just ask is like the fear of seeming desperate because we've like women have been told for so long that they're just desperate when they're looking for somebody. So like that's, yeah. and like, it would scare the man away from like on date one asking what's going on or like, what are you looking for? But like, I've kind of, I stop myself. I'm like, okay, but if I ask him and he can't give me an answer, I think that's my answer. And then I don't have to waste time and this is obviously like i i don't know i'm a pretty blunt and honest person so if this they can't handle that question and that honesty in the beginning we're not even a match anyway i agree yeah i i totally agree i mean i think if he can't answer it doesn't make him a bad person it just means he's he just probably isn't in the headspace to like really know what he's doing and yeah right. you, could, you could tough it out and try to get him there but i think if you do you're gonna end up trying to like convince him of something and like i never really like gelled with the idea of that like you know men eventually like you just convince them to settle down like you're the right woman for them and you vibe and you like tame him and he's like he's like gonna settle down i i I don't think that's true i think there's a whole group of men who are dating intentionally and want to find someone and want that compatibility and that's it and i I, you know i wish i had the blueprint to like helping people find that guy or that girl vice versa but i think a question like that is totally fair and you just word it in a fun way in a casual way it doesn't need to be some like like 20 questions interrogation. It could just be a, a simple vibe. I, th- I just think that saves so much time, so much time. And, you know, I mean, I get it, but I, I mean, I get that there's this whole culture around that and, you know, men kind of might run for the hills when that maybe a certain type of guy. But in my mind, I, I, I would appreciate that question. If a woman asked me that, I'd be like, oh, cool, right on. Like, I love the directness, but yeah, I mean, different strokes for different folks. But I think that that power of intention, like revealing itself early is only going to set you up on the right course. Oh, absolutely. But I think for some men, well, I mean, they didn't get any weeds them out, but they're going on those dates for a certain something versus actual going on dates. But that commu- that question would help. In terms of the different, of the guys teaming, it's funny because, I mean, I think nine times out of 10 is like a man's dating with intention or just, you can tell. But I've seen some really interesting stories of women seeing things out and like taming a man. So at yeah. Penn State, there was, in my friend group, there was a guy, I don't remember if he, if he reached this goal or this was his goal, but he slept or wanted to sleep with a hundred women and he started i guess sleeping with my friend and ultimately they're married with two kids now <laughs> but but he came from just being like he had no intentions of dating anybody like he'd be going out to bars like all the time with different girls coming home and like i was in the friend group and it was just funny at that point because it was like i mean this guy just has no intentions of dating and then out comes my friend and she's like no 
we're going to get married. I was like, what are you doing? Like, he's just bringing women home. She's like, no, watch, you'll see. I'm going to make it happen. Sure enough, she did. I have no understanding how she did it. I don't think it happens that often from my experience, but it was just really funny to watch. Yeah, that's a new one. I'd have to, yeah, that kind of destroys everything I just said. <laughs> we'll call that the, the outlier. But I mean, I mean, kudos to her. She had some kind of vibe, intuition, confidence in herself or something. But I mean, I also think that that's, that like fits into the larger truth that there truly is no right way to date. Like yeah. there isn't. And like there is there's that quote. I figure I always butcher it, but it's like there are couples who dated for five years, got married, and now are divorced. There are couples who slept together on the first date, got married, and are happy together. Like there's there's no right way to come together. There's no right way for a uh, you know a relationship to develop over time. I think that speaks to that, right? Like, like there's you know, all of the quote, oh, should you sleep on the first date? Who cares? Like if you want to have at it and it could work out. If you don't want to also have at it and it might not work out like who knows like i think i think we we put ourselves in a corner when we start thinking that there's a right way and when we start looking at other couples and we're like that that's the right way i haven't found it yet so i need to emulate them or i need to blame myself or something like that it's like there there's no right way there's no right way to be single there's no right way to to date there's no right way for anything and i like i have this like catchphrase that I always say, it's like, there's no right way to live your life, but there is a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. Right. And I think Agreed. it's super freeing to realize that there really is no blueprint to anything. I mean, I make a living from sharing my feelings on the internet. Like five years ago, I would have thought that that was a joke. And it's the right. same for a career, business, personal development, and especially dating. Like there's literally no right way to date. There's no right way to be single. There's no right way to be in a relationship. There's no right expectation for how long you should date until something like, you know, I just think that's helpful because we, we do compare ourselves a lot and that's where we get into trouble. We start blaming ourselves. We start making decisions that aren't from our own truths. We start borrowing other people's checklists for what we should want or don't want. And I just think we're better served when we come up with those answers ourselves as best we can. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then there's all those all those sayings of like, you'll find the right person when you stop looking. And that's actually that kind of was in the back of my head when I stayed in my relationship for way too long. Because I was like, well, I wasn't looking and like, this is the person and like all these things started happening. And I would kind of explain it to myself. And I hate all those sayings now because I would have left the relationship so much sooner. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's tough. It's tough in the present. That's like, that's the thing. It's like we borrow. That's why like the relationship expert space or like personal development space is like, it's really great, but it's also really not because yeah. it should serve as like a compliment. It should serve as like inspiration for you. It's not something you copy and paste into your own life. And that's where we just get in so much trouble. Like what's right for one person isn't necessarily right for you. Like when we start borrowing, like what a relationship should look like from someone else and try to apply it in our lives, it's like, you know, round, square, hole shaped, whatever the analogy is. It's like, it doesn't always work. Like right. what's like what one person, like if like one person might need their man to call her his woman crush Wednesday, every Wednesday, otherwise, why she does not feel validated and for someone yeah, else yeah. that's the stupidest thing in the world who needs that like not at all someone's love language might be physical touch the other one might be quality time like it, it like it's just so varied and to try to like borrow other people's truths and experiences um and then just you know shove them on yourself and have them be your own like that's tough and that's not always right to your point so i think you gotta you gotta come up with them on your own and that's tough like i wrote a book on this called singers are superpower and one of the chapters is called your hoe phase and that's just basically saying
saying your health phase is your experience phase. It's where you figure out all those truths for yourself. You don't borrow them from other people. You got to touch it, smell it, taste it, feel it, everything. You come up with them on your own and then you know what's right for you. Well, someone's red flag might not be your red flag and so on and so forth. And I don't know, to me, that's just like, it's just like you're starting from scratch and you're deciding on your own and then you can never fault yourself because you're discovering that on, on your own. You're not borrowing someone else's assumption and then acting on it and then realizing it was wrong. You're just building your own kind of, um, you know, experience bank and using that to, to guide yourself. So I always thought that that's a helpful perspective. Definitely helpful. Absolutely. And I think that'll help other people as well. Another thing I want to talk about was mixed feelings. So there's always the whole conversation or statement that if you are confused about somebody, how they feel, that is your answer. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I'm like, yes and no. So I did an episode on that where I was like, very yes, like, absolutely. Mixed feelings are all you need to know. And I, and I stand by that. I'm like, I'm like 90% on team, no mixed feeling. Like mixed feelings are again, are they're just kind of representation of someone not really knowing why they're doing what they're doing, or not really having an enthusiasm to get sure. Like, I think it's, I think it's fine for someone to have mixed feelings early on. Everyone's gonna have mixed feelings. Like you're not going to come to a conclusion immediately. That's weird. It'd be wild right. if you're expecting someone to be like, yes, this is amazing. But I think that there has to be an enthusiasm to become sure about something. If there isn't, if you're just coasting, then yeah, that's that's like mixed feelings 101. And I don't, I don't, I mean, that's how you get in situationships and and things like that. And you should, um, you shouldn't tolerate that. You, that person either needs to get sure or they need to have an enthusiasm to become sure in some way, whether that's through conversation or something that kind of reveals more about that relationship. But like, as I, I don't remember when I released that episode, but I also think like humans are humans. And even though like there is a desire to be sure about someone else, like there's all kinds of things that hold us back in life. And I don't think it's always fair to like blame someone 100% being like, you have mixed feelings, like you're a bad person. Like I think sometimes like there's all kinds of like, you know, baggage, uh, emotional confusion, things like that, that can hold you back a little bit. So I think like the whole idea of mixed feelings should be balanced with, you know, a sense of respect for yourself, but also a little bit of patience to understand that you've probably reflected your own mixed feelings at some point. So I don't know, my like my thoughts on this have kind of evolved over time. I think 90% of the time, it's like mixed feelings are an indication of their intention, right? And that's all you need to know in that case. Like if you're confused, well, they're confused about you as well. And that's not where you want to be. Like you don't want to be in a situationship. I just did a post on this yesterday. Like a situationship is just, it's ambiguous. It's someone who is unsure about you and they want to keep their options open. And of course, I don't think anyone deserves to be uh, in that situation. You know, it's not a binary one or zero thing. It's just a conversation around boundaries of, of what is your expectation for each other in that. And then like, what is like, what is the timing of that? Like, you can't expect someone to just all of a sudden be like, yes, like, you know, this is exclusive. I'm with you. Like, let's rock out. It just, it just has, there has to be some kind of boundary in there. But I think, you know, mixed feelings like there there has to be a boundary for ourselves as to like what we're willing to accept but to my point earlier it's like i feel like a lot of times the conversations i have with people is they just never have that conversation and those those mixed feelings continue to persist and like boil over and that's where problems happen but i think conversation like a simple conversation goes a long long way so yeah so kind of you know meandering on that topic but it's like everyone is fallible in some way like everyone is imperfect and i think sometimes it 
comes out in the form of, of confusion. And it's not always like intentional confusion, just because you feel confused about how someone feels towards you. It doesn't necessarily, you know, reflect ill intent. Uh, it just means that there's some kind of communication gap, or it means they don't have intention. And then, then you know what to do. Uh, but I think it just comes down to how is it making you feel and then communicating that in some way and then making a decision. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I've been in situations or like helped friends where they're like, oh, like he's not into me. He's not answering my text or whatever. I'm like, well, did you ask him? Maybe something's going on. And they yeah. ask so like, oh, yeah, not like something's going on. Like, that's why. But then there's other times where I've had mixed feelings and then the guy just gives me like this absurd response that is already in a response I'm like okay well you can just say like you're not sure and at least I know where we stand versus me trying to have to figure out and I feel like I'm chasing you and it's just a mess for everybody yeah yeah I mean back to you know ground zero of direct communication is everything like if I was dating a woman and she was giving me mixed feelings and I was like hey what's up and she was like I'm just not feeling it fantastic thank you like that yeah, is now almost, I know like I don't know every like everyone is afraid of disappointing other people. It's weird. Actually, I just released an episode this morning. I'm like, we're inherently people pleasers. And like, I talk to women all the time. And they're like, yeah, I'm going out with this guy, or I went out on a third date with him. And I know I shouldn't have. I'm like, well, why did you? And the response a lot of the time is she'll be like, well, he just wants me so much. Or he's so nice, or he's just like, so into dating me that, you know, I wanted to give him a shot, or I didn't want to disappoint him. And I just think it's the most absurd thing in the world that we have this hesitation to say no, or on the flip side, a hesitation to give direct feedback and, and call it a day. Again, obviously, like I understand that because we're human and we don't want to disappoint people. We don't want awkward situations. We don't want rejection, but it just saves everyone time. And it feels good. Like it feels good to be honest and direct. Like I've been in situations like that before where I was kind of afraid to give feedback and it just like, it just feels, it just feels off. Like you just feel yeah. bad about yourself. So I mean, if anything, just being direct is like, it's helpful to yourself, like kind of take that pressure off. So I wish, I wish more people were, uh, I don't think it's in everyone's nature, but it would save everyone a lot of time. That's for sure. Yeah, I think people are afraid of being direct and like hurting feelings or they're like, oh, it's just easier. I mean, the whole concept of ghosting is so common nowadays that it just, oh God, mind boggling. But yeah. yeah, people are just afraid to make like give those answers. Like I went on a date, whatever, a few weeks ago and he came back and said like, he had a great time. And the next day and he's like, hey, so turns out my friend came out to me and told me she had feelings. So I'm going to explore this and I'm really sorry this sucks, but you know, this is what it is. And I just wanted to let you know, so you're not left thinking. And I mean, it, it like, it, it was kind of like, okay, well, she had to take this time to tell him like, after we just started talking and going on dates, great timing, but it was like, okay, well, I mean, it sucks. I don't feel like that I did something wrong. Cause I was overanalyzing. I was like, oh, I came to this date and I was tired because it was such a long week and I definitely wasn't myself and that's probably like why he's hesitant and like I went into this stupid pattern of this is my fault versus this had literally nothing to do with me and thank god he made that communication because I'd still be beating myself up to this day about yeah. it yeah well kudos to him I mean yeah the timing is definitely annoying <laughs> like, yeah that's, that's life for you I guess but yeah I mean you got to appreciate that right because he, oh, he absolutely could have dragged that out he, yep. he could have he could have, you know, given you the text response, maybe, hey, how are you just to keep it going, but he didn't. So you, I, I respect that. I've had women do that for me as well. Like the, around the, hey, I just started seeing someone at the same time I started seeing you. Like, I'm like, ah, that kind of sucks. Why did you agree to go out with me then? But like, it, I appreciate that. I really do. And it just saves everyone's time. So yeah, good kudos to him. Yeah, I, 
I sent him like a long message. I was like, thank you so much for that because nobody does this shit and a lot of respect for you. And I mean, again, I wish so many more people would do that because again, it's like human nature to be like, well, what did I do wrong? How could I have avoided this? Like, why isn't he texting me? Did I say the wrong thing? Did I dress the wrong way? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's annoying. I don't know. I'm a big fan of calling people. <laughs> I would have just like called him. I don't know. I hate, I hate like texting. I think you don't fit into so this easy. world anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm getting, I mean, I never used to be this way. I used to, if someone called me, I've been, it would have been like, what is going Like, why are you calling me? But now it's just like, I don't like texting. It's just it's annoying. easier. Like, so much gets lost in text messages. Like I, I've even had conversations with my roommate where I'm like, I'm in a rush and I just write like interesting. And they're like, what did you mean with interesting? I was like, well, yeah, I was yeah, literally yeah. running for the subway and I had like, I was thinking about seven different things. And my only answer I had was interesting. Like that's interesting. Like that's it. Why are we reading into it? But it's so simple that one simple word word can be so much miscommunication. So I agree. Yeah. Definitely phone calls make, make a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like I'm a grown ass man. And if you don't put a smiley face on your text, I'm going to be like, Whoa, what does that mean? Yep. Like it's weird how we've gotten to this point. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, well, I'll just call you. It's a lot easier, but every, yeah, people are, <laughs> people are freaked out by phone calls. So I don't know. Whatever. And it's weird. Cause I don't know how we got here. Like I know when I was younger, I would be on the phone for hours. I mean, okay. Yes. I was like a teenager, but then all of a sudden, same thing. Like I'll see a phone call, I'll look at my phone. Like, why is this person calling me? Do they yeah. feel okay? Do I have to go to the hospital? Yeah. No, they just want to have a conversation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that says about our times, but I'm all for it. I'm team team phone call. Let's start the movement. Let's do it. All right. My last thing that I think was important, like I said, we could have chosen any one of your episodes, but chasing, I think that's also a common thing that people fall into. I know I kind of fell into it with my ex. I was in a two and a half year long relationship. So I get into this thing where like I, when I start catching strong feelings for people, I have this huge anxiety attack. My mom went through two divorces and I never really saw like a good, healthy relationship. So in my head, even though I understand I've seen good relationships, but like in those moments, I'm like, oh my God, it's never going to work for me. It's not in the cards for me. It's going to fall apart the way that it did for my mom. But like, I communicate it and I'm like, hey, I'm having this huge anxiety attack. Like, this is what I'm feeling. Like, just please talk me off this ledge. And he kind of kept going through this throughout a relationship where he would every so often come up with reasons why we wouldn't work out, even though they would make absolutely no sense. And I would always be caught because I kept, I would bring it back to myself of like, I do this sometimes. So like, I can't be mad at him for doing it. So I would have to talk him off the ledge. And ultimately that sucked. And that's kind of why, I mean, things didn't work out and I should have stopped it early on, but I made the mistake of explaining it from my perspective. Yeah. I mean, obviously hindsight's always 2020. You put yourself yeah. in that situation. You're like, yeah, what was I thinking? But you know, it's, you can't blame yourself because in the moment it's like, why would you want to throw away something that you've worked hard to build? But I mean, the idea of like chasing and attracting is like a super simple idea. And it's super simple in theory. But to your point, like when you're living and dating, it's like, it's not that easy. I mean, all it is to me is like, when you're chasing someone, you're literally trying to convince them to be with you. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. And I, I don't know, maybe like, I, I don't know, I feel like I have a lot of confidence in myself. And I just would never accept that. It's like, why would I want to be with someone I have to convince to be with me? Like, it just it just does not compute. It's like, literally, I would never do that. I don't, I don't think that's that should ever be the case. Like the idea of chasing versus attracting. Chasing is like you're impatient, you're overthinking things, you're willing to be someone that you're not to win them over. You're trying to win is what you're doing. Yeah. Attracting yeah. though is obviously the simplest. It's you're you're taking a, a centered, confident self and you're putting yourself forward and you're letting them react to you. And if you're not good enough for them, you're not good enough for them and you leave it there. 
And obviously that's like, that's like the simplest idea in the world. And I think everyone agrees with that. In practice though, we, we inevitably end up chasing because we're wired to want to win. We're wired to want that validation. But I think, you know, it comes down to that awareness of asking yourself whether you're chasing this person or attracting them. And of course we're taking things out. Like obviously like when you're meeting someone, yeah, you need to impress them. You need to leave with your best self. Like you need to create a spark. And like, that's just like social interaction. But I think when it comes to like emotion connection and compatibility if there that it is a powerful question to ask yourself like if you're starting to second guess a relationship or you're starting to wonder why you're feeling a certain way i think taking a step back and asking yourself am i chasing this person or am i attracting this person i think a little bit of vulnerability goes a long way and if you find yourself chasing them and that chasing them could mean literally anything it could mean you're always the one texting you're always the one asking them out you're always the one setting up plans you're always the one leading the initiative after a while you know it's not just a matter of the person's busy or maybe they're just not that type a kind of person it's like you're you're chasing them you're convincing them to be interested in you where i don't think a healthy relationship isn't born of that it should be born of some kind of mutual attraction there's always going to be different levels like i find it rare for someone to be like perfect it's going to be like that but then like you know it'll eventually even itself out i would think so that's it i mean it's just a helpful question to ask yourself am i chasing or am i attracting like am i trying to win so badly here that i'm kind of casting aside different aspects of myself that are important. I think it's just it's just a helpful question to ask yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think we also kind of got to this point where I mean, more often we think of chasing is the whole like, oh, they're just hard to get. And like, that's an explanation for some people and which is stupid to a certain degree. Yeah, I never understood that. I mean, I would say like, I, I get having high standards, I get being picky, I get being very selective of your time and who you give energy to. I get that. Like, I think of I think myself, I'm super for that like I'm very at least right now of like very 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 protective of who I would like consider dating and that's not just because I'm like you know I like I'm I deserve the best or anything like that it's because I'm I'm very busy doing things I'm passionate about I'm just very happy in this current state and you know to to invite someone in is is it's an opportunity to, to be vulnerable that could go wrong. Right. right. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. The whole idea of, you know, all oh, that person's just hard to get. I need to try harder. That just doesn't sit well with me. Cause that's, that's chasing one oh one, And that goes back to the whole idea of like league. Sometimes people are like, well, you know, he's out of my league or she's out of my league. So I, I have oh, to try so harder. And I, yeah, you said it. I mean, I think it's, stupid. I'll leave it there. I think, I think that's stupid. <laughs> so it's tough. Though. I mean, like everything that we're talking about right now, there, there's always ways to poke holes in this because there's always this example example and and this circumstance and like it's just tough I just think it comes down to like knowing when to take a step back and asking yourself how are you feeling and then having some prompts handy to kind of get those emotions out of you whether it's a question of am I chasing or attracting Uh, or another one that I like to ask is is he or is she bringing out the best in me or the worst in me like just questions like that where I think it's to your to how we started those are simple answers chasing or attracting yes or no right right and it's not going to give you the blueprint of what to do but it, it'll at least give you the awareness you need because that's the whole thing we date without thinking through what we're doing because we're yep. so focused on winning we're so focused on the potential what we've been referencing that having prompts you know literal prompts if you journal or just in your head or whatever and ask yourself them it just saves you time. And yeah, sometimes the answer is going to suck. It's going to be like, oh yeah, shit, I've been chasing or I deserve better or I've been played or whatever. But I think long-term you're going to, you're going (laughs) to be really grateful that you took the time to do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, But also I learned on Instagram from one of my comment commenters since like reels blow up now is that I learned that since we're picky, we're going to be forever alone. Yeah. 
of course. Yeah. 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 Never going to find anybody ever. <laughs> Thank you. Random internet stranger for that. That kind. Yeah. I love it. Of course there was no profile photo and no photos. So that's our answer there. Fence stuff for you. <laughs> but in terms of leagues, I mean, it's so stupid. And I hate when they're like, when someone comes to like, oh, you're out of my league, or like, I wish we were in the same league of it's so stupid. I mean, if you look at even supermodels, a lot of them are with somebody that you would rate as less attractive than them. So I don't understand why we're putting anybody in leagues. Like also appearance is the least important part of anybody. Yes, you need physical attraction. But I mean, that also fades, right? When we're old, neither of us are going to be hot people because you're just old and wrinkly. So why are we putting so much emphasis on leagues of attractiveness? I mean, preach it. I've done so many episodes on how appearance is important, but it's not everything. Um, No, definitely not. Some of the most attractive people are the shittiest people. Which is, we have this assumption where like, we assume that a beautiful person is a beautiful person inside and out. And like, we assume that a hot person is also a really talented person or just a really good person or a really great person, a really talented person. And sometimes reality is you just look nice. That's it. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And and that's cool. Like, that's great. but I, I think, yeah, I think it really, like we put those kinds of people on a pedestal and we also do it with successful people as well, right? We think, oh, you're rich, therefore you're a good person, you have good values, you're this, that, and the other. And I would love for that to be true about that person, but it's not always the case. So I think we need to, we need to separate aspects of people out. Like everyone can have an amazing aspect about themselves, but it's like the complete package that really matters. So to like say someone's out of your league because they're more attractive than you, or to say someone's out of your league because they're wealthier than you. That's one aspect of the larger picture that yes, are of course important. I'm not going to be a boner here and say that like, you know, uh, you know, having an attractive wife or girlfriend isn't important to me, but I think you've got to, you've got to think bigger than that. And also the, the second that you start saying someone's out of your league, like, that's just such a like a low value, low self-esteem statement that like you should like kind of be disappointed in yourself for even thinking that of that. Right. That's putting limitations too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I've proven it time and time again. I used to kind of have that vibe before I started like kind of finding my space in life and like my success and things like that, thinking that, you know, people's talent made them a better person or looks or money or whatever. But like, it's not the case at all. I mean, I did a film, I did filming yesterday with a show on a major broadcast network. And with like the, the, the main character on it, it's everyone knows who he is. He's super, you know, A-list celebrity. And going into it, I was like, oh God, you know, this guy is just amazing. He's just a regular dude and nothing special about him. No disrespect to him, but it's like the same with anyone that you put on a pedestal like human at the end of the day. And I think that there somehow there's leagues of like worth based on accomplishments or looks or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's a funny thing to me, but again, it's easy to say that in, in theory, it's another thing to, to live in in life, but I've proven it time and time again. And you just need to prove it to yourself that it really doesn't matter. Hopefully that's helpful to people. Yeah, I agree. Um, for, same thing of like meeting people in Hollywood, being on a red carpets. I mean, they're just normal people that's it but we put them on this pedestal and like even they know that they're normal people like i say it all the time which just blows my mind matthew mcconaughey turned around to me on a red carpet introduced himself to me i just remember standing there like what world am i in what are you doing why are you introduced like i know who you are but he's just a normal human being but doing these big things yeah all right all right all right yeah i mean yeah 
I mean, I think there's something to be said, like you can have a preference for certain kind of people. Like you could want to hang out with like really creative people or hold yourself to a standard of you need to date someone who is, you know, an entrepreneur or something like that. Like, I think like those kinds of standards and like those kinds of like, not leagues, but just like contexts of like the kind of people that you want to hang out with. Like, I think that's like-minded people, like-minded people. Like if you want to be successful, you should hang out with successful people. And that should be your standard. It doesn't mean that other people are in or out of your league because they lack or have that quality. It's just, there's a preference there. And I think that's fine. But the, 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 you know, the flip side of that is of thinking that you are less capable of having a connection with someone because they are further along their journey than you, or they have something unique about them. That's just, yeah, totally, totally bogus. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. All right. Well, I think we, we've given the people a lot, but you have written a book and you have a journal, correct? Do you want to talk about those? Cause I think they're both incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I new mindset, who com. I have two journals and then singles are superpower, which is like a journal workbook specifically on dating but I mean like I wrote them and created them specifically for everything that we just discussed like mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to remind yourself of things as obvious as it might be like a cliche is a cliche but cliches are helpful and like sometimes writing down an answer to a question of am I chasing or am I attracting like that might be the the final straw that you need to make a decision in your life so yeah so I designed two journals one's called the new mindset journal one's called unbothered they're both 60 days worth of prompts designed to do different things either give you clarity or to like calm your anxious thoughts um and then singles, your superpower is basically a book on helping you align with what you want and what you deserve while you're single. So you can go out and find it when you decide to date. Super simple stuff, just just actual practical application of mindfulness. Again, I think it's like we know things and like the favorite thing for humans to do is to know one thing, but to do another. Yep. That's human 101, right? So it's something like you just need to remind yourself of, of these things. And I find journaling to be a really powerful practice. So I created those. Awesome. So I, th- I think that's super helpful for people. Where can they find you on social media? Okay. Dot Kenny on Instagram. He's gotcha. Awesome. All right. Everything will be linked, of course. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It was super helpful for me personally. I'm sure it'll help others as well. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, I love talking about this stuff. So I appreciate it. And you had some really good points too. It's really helpful. Nice. I'm glad I'm glad I can contribute to the mindfulness professional here. <laughs> yeah. The expert, yes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.